Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett. And every week, I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a naturopath, fitness expert, and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of Visibly Fit. I'm your host, Wendy Pett, and this podcast is part of the Spark Media Network that can also now be found on the Edify app, so go check that out. Hey, I am so glad you are with us today because um, I have a, a different show today and I am excited. I am very excited um, because, you know... It's interesting. I was thinking about how we have to condition our bodies to make it do what we want it to do. And sometimes we don't think of conditioning our bodies for just the kind of everyday kind of life things that we do as well. But I wanted to bring up the word um, conditio, conditio. That's the Latin word for condition. And that actually means agreement. And so it's about getting your, your body in agreement for what you're about to take on. And we have to do that in all areas of our life. Like if you're going to go for, you know, you can't just go run a race if you've never taken the steps to run a race and to build up and condition your body to do so, including your mind to run a race. You can't go and, I don't know, if you're a weightlifter, you can't go and just lift a bunch of weight if you've never started small. Um, you have to condition your body, whether you want to do the splits, maybe you're wanting more flexibility, you have to condition your body and that takes discipline. And it takes just like, um, just simple actions, actually, it doesn't have to be something big, but simple actions over time that are our daily disciplines that get you to that next place so that you can run that race so that you can do those splits or so that you can garden. Yeah. That's right. You must condition your body to even garden. Y'all have heard me talk a lot about gardening, how I love to be outdoors and I love to be in my garden, whether it's my vegetable garden or um, my flower garden. And today I have such an amazing guest. She's a dear friend of mine. Her name is Michelle Rydell and she is a 23-year master gardener. She is a writer and she's also a photographer. She's done family photos for us. She's amazing. Um, But she is a writer and photographer for photographer for the Northern Gardener Magazine. And her gardens have been featured in Northern Gardener Magazine. And in 2019, Michelle won one of six spots in the Minneapolis Star Tribune's Beautiful 
Gardens contest. I'm telling you, she has a beautiful garden. Now, when she's not teaching, she is a professional photographer that specializes in weddings, um, high school seniors, families, kids, and babies. But she teaches a lot on gardening and does a lot around the Twin Cities area. And um, I'm just so happy to have her on today. Welcome to Visibly Fit, Michelle Rydell. Hi, Wendy. So I thought this would be a fun episode because you know, as this episode is being launched, this is um, summertime, and we're going to be going into the fall. And so I do want us to talk a little bit about fall gardening and that kind of thing. But I want us to first tap into, you know, first of all, I've, I've known you for what? I don't know what 20 uh, 1999. What? I met you in 1989. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, so a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so we have danced together. And we've had fun uh, with our girlfriends together. And, and she has just, um, just a love for people. And I, I've known her for so long and love her dearly. But she is a master gardener. And, and I love her garden. But I love the way that she has a passion for teaching others about how to garden well. And, and for me, and I know for you too, Michelle, there is such peace and joy. And yet it's work. And don't get me wrong to garden. But there's such peace and joy when you're in your garden. And um, I, I, before we go into gardening, I want us to start off and talk about um, um, kind of what led you to figuring out I need to condition my body more to become fit to garden. And let's talk about that because you were in a place where uh, you had back issues, you even had to have surgery. And we've worked together, you've worked uh, with me with the visibly fit exercises. But um, let's talk about being fit to garden because most people don't think of that. Yes. And I learned about it the hard way. Um, I woke up one morning in 2015 and I couldn't move. My husband had to carry me out of bed and bring me into the living room. And I thought it was just aches and pains from the previous day. And it took about a month for me to finally see a doctor because I, I, had, I, had, I had good days, but I also had some really bad days and I didn't really know what was going on. So um, I do recommend seeing, going to see a doctor. Yeah. soon as you can. Yeah. So um, I didn't really get to see a back surgeon right away, but I, I went into physical therapy and it was one of, in an entire year, I had like six separate sessions of physical therapy, um, which was very, very necessary for me because it was fall was starting at that time in 2015. And I really, really needed to be able to uh, get my gardening work done and get ready for, for the winter to, to shut everything down. So that's kind of my journey. It was from 2015 all the way into 2016. I saw a back uh, specialist, then a back surgeon, had injections. And then finally, I decided to see a, a neurosurgeon because I realized that I, I couldn't avoid the back surgery with physical therapy and I really needed it. And it was a very um, positive journey for me. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you had, it has um, changed the way I've, I garden mainly because that neurosurgeon told me when he found out, found out I was a gardener, cause he was asking me questions about what do I, what, what I do. And I was kind of concentrating on the photography part of, of my life. And it was my husband who said, she's a master gardener. And he put his pen down and he looked at me and he said, okay, now I know what your problem is. He said, it's the worst hobby for the back. Just like golf is the worst hobby for uh, sports. It's worst 
for the back. So wow, and and it's something that you love, and you've been doing it for so long. You teach on it, and and I mean, your garden is so big and robust that it's not just you gardening. You have other people helping you <laughs> with your garden right. uh, to make it as successful as it is. That's why that that's what I learned that I can't take care of. And I don't really have a garden. I have more of a paradise. You really do. Most people oh have my a garden. goodness. Yeah. Most yeah. people have a garden because it's a garden's easy to maintain. A paradise is not really easy, that, that easy to maintain. And so um getting extra help. Um, I'm just very, very blessed that I have very good um garden help that I can contact to, you know, help me during the busy during during the busy times. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good, Michelle. And I know you dealt with a lot of pain for, for quite a while and, and you did, you, you did all that you knew that you could until you reached the point where you're like, yeah, I definitely have to have surgery and there's no shame in that. It's like, you know, you got to do what you got to do. But the point is, is that you had already, the damage was done. You had already done so much because of the, uh, the gardening and not conditioning your body to do the gardening. Um, so there is a preventative way of, of, of gardening, whether it's a paradise garden, or even like if it's a big vegetable garden, or if you have lots of flowers, whatever, it's still that same bending over and stooping and, and spending long hours in a odd position. And, and it takes a toll on your body. So let's talk a little bit about what you learned, and how to prevent and also how to keep this from reoccurring in your own life. Correct. So I a really good warm up is important um, before you head out in the garden. But even for those of us, I, I, um, as you know, Wendy's from Minnesota and so am I from the Twin Cities area. And we have a very, very busy, short gardening season. And I like, and I promote spending the winter getting your body ready for spring gardening. So a lot of people just like a week before, oh, okay, the weather's warming up. I am going to start doing my exercises, but that's not the way to do it. Yeah, it's they like really going on vacation, want... people will say, oh, I'm going to hurry and go on a diet one week before <laughs> getting a swimsuit. Correct. Does it work? <laughs> no, nope. it doesn't. You really want to go into the garden season strong and flexible, as strong and flexible as you can be. So starting in January, February, even all winter long would be even best just to really keep your body uh, well conditioned so that you can do all that bending over and the twisting and the turning, which is what you don't want to be doing, which is why I got into so much trouble. And to just really try to keep your shoulders and your hips aligned while you're gardening, just even while you're doing exercises, I try not to even do exercise, too many exercises that really involve like a lot of rotating. I try to uh, really um, concentrate on, um, you know, doing, if, if, if I'm getting ready to go in the garden, I know I'm going to be um, weeding on one knee, I'm going to be maybe doing some lunging exercises before I head into the garden. If I know I'm going to be bending over and picking up bags of soil or even picking up um, bags of mulch, I know that I'm going to need to be doing some stretches before I go out into the garden so that I can uh, stretches for my back. So I know I'm going to be using my back a little bit more. And one thing that I learned from physical therapy, and I still do my physical therapy today, is the core really, really needs to be strong. And that's where you can find somebody like Wendy here to help (laughs) you (laughs) really get a strong, strong core. My core is a lot stronger than it was in 2015, Mm -hmm. a lot stronger today. Yeah. It's, I think a lot of people don't realize how much they use their core in everyday 
functionality of doing life, you know, from gardening to, you know, playing with your children and picking up their toys and picking them up or, or whatever, grandkids, like people just don't really think of that. But a strong core means a, a, a you know, a healthier lifestyle and a healthier, um, more, um, uh, you know, body that will be able to do more things without getting injured. So one of the things that you mentioned um, in an article that you wrote is, I mean, I, you know, I'm kind of wired in a way too, where it's like, I just want to get this task done. I don't care how long it takes me, I'm just going to do it. But you say to break up the tasks. And, um, and I think that that's something that probably someone listening, like even myself needs to hear like, you know, break it up. You don't have to do it all at one time because your body needs a break. You need to stand up, you need to stretch, you need to walk about, you need to, you know, give your body an adjustment. Um, but I think if, if you're more type A or if you're on a mission to get just this, whatever thing checked off your list, it can actually be more damaging than good. Right. Yeah. I try to spend about 15 minutes because that for me, that works. I could probably go a little bit longer, especially if I've, if I've had a really good warm up or I, I'll just wait until I, I start feeling a little discomfort and I'll, I'll do my bending over tasks and then I'll switch to something standing up. Like, uh, for example, maybe um, some of my pots need to be fertilized and then I'll go back down to um, maybe working down on my knee, doing some weeding. Uh, I know a lot of people can't use their knees and I'm really very thankful that I can. Um, but, or I might even set up like a little stool in the garden. I do have a, a, a stool where I can, um, I get to the plants a little bit easier versus like bending over on my, on my knees. So um, I try to really switch up, as I mentioned, switching up your task is very, very helpful and important to, um, of keeping your your strength up and making sure that you don't wake up the next morning with a sore sore anything. Yeah, I love that. And it's really about being intentional. That's what I'm hearing you say. You're very intentional and methodical in, in the next um, job that you're doing so that you're like, okay, is my body going to be standing and stretching or is it going to be stooping and, and bending over? What's it going to be doing? And so just having that variation is important. You know, I'm a big walker. I walk around a, a lot. Um, and um, in my neighborhood, um, just actually just last month, I kept noticing this woman and she would she was sitting in her in her front yard she's got a huge front yard but she was out there with a bag and she was picking out like weeds right and she was just sitting and every day that I'd walk by I mean it was I don't know how long she'd spend out there but maybe it's just 20 minutes 30 minutes a day but she took it in small little chunks and I thought wow good for her like I you know I'm just always on a mission to just hurry and get that thing done but really she's doing it the right way right Yes, she is. Yeah. No, that's yeah. so good, good to hear. Good observation. Yeah. No, that's cool. Well, um, you are more flower than um, vegetable garden as far as gardener, but for 23 years, you have, have been, um, you know, enjoying teaching and, and sharing the love of gardening. Can you tell us maybe what your, your favorite, um, I'll ask you your favorite flower. That may be a tough one, but I'm gonna ask you that anyway. So your favorite flower, but also maybe your your, your favorite kind of class to teach others is? I love zinnias. Mm. I, um, I will collect seed from them and then start them in the spring. And um, it's just, it's such a joy to um, get your own seed, start it, grow it. And I really like the tall zinnias, the ones that are like three feet tall, because 
I can start them in the spring and by the end of June, I've got flowers. And the zinnias are just really also great for pollinators too, because, which is kind of an important thing to talk about also Very. when you're talking about gardening, yes. is that they provide, they, they, they have such a nice perch for, for birds, mm. for butterflies, um, bees, not so much because they don't really care, but um, yeah, it's just a great plant. And, and the birds love the seeds too. So I always like to li- leave some up over the winter for them oh. to enjoy. That's actually really cool. Um, so yeah, so zinnia is my uh, probably my favorite flower. Plus, it comes in a lot of colors and a lot of different heights, mm-hmm. and it's just it's it's one of the most talked about plants I think in my garden. No, and they're so intricate. You know, they're beautiful. Yeah, and is that what you like to teach about? Is how to grow? Uh, you know, I teach a lot of different gardening classes and a lot and of my succulent classes. gardens and yeah. yeah, a lot of my classes are based on articles that I've written. So. Um, I would say, uh, the most, I'll I'll talk about the one I like, and then the one that's probably the most popular, um, most popular class that I teach is container gardening. So I have one coming up this fall, and then I also teach one in the spring and it's all about design and then all the maintenance involved so that people don't think it's just putting plants in a pot and watering it. And then, um, you know, just maintaining it regularly. There's a lot of maintenance to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, so that's my most popular, but I think the class that I really like to teach is a class on, um, uh, photography in your garden. Of course. Well, that gets your two, your two gifts and your two passions involved together. I think that's perfect. And and garden clubs really like, like a class that I teach on combining it's container gardening class, but it's combining vegetables, herbs, and flowering plants, the flowering plants for the pollinators. So to encourage pollinators to your pot, you need some flowers. And then also those pollinators will pollinate your vegetables and your herbs. So get a greater yield. Oh yeah. No, that's a, that's a win-win right there. I love that. Even talking about having flowers within uh, the, the confinement of your, of your vegetables and your herbs. And and I do that anyway, but I didn't know, I mean, like I just did it. Right. <laughs> I, I kind of was doing right. it more to keep deer away and then also to make it more beautiful, but Hey, I was doing the right thing. And I didn't even know. <laughs> yes, you are. And, tr- you know, just trying to find um, plants that have a lot of nectar in them and you know what those are, you know, you'll, all you have to do is just like, look, look at your yard, look at the annual, see where, what did the bees really like? What are the butterflies all over? And those are the plants that I like to put in my pots. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, mm-hmm. for um, someone listening that may think, okay, wait, I, I really want to garden, but Michelle just said it's not that easy, even for little potted plants. So what would you say to them? Because I, I want to encourage gardening because there is some uh, beautiful satisfaction out of that when you see um, your plant grow from a seed or even from a, a small, small plant, um, that has already started, but just that satisfaction of, wow, I, I, assisted in this growth progress, you know, what would you say to that person so that they're not discouraged to start, um, it's, gardening? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think number one is to really start small mm-hmm. and become successful at small and then just adding on and adding on and adding on because it it takes a it, it can take a decade to really figure out how to garden because it's it's a very very frustrating hobby and depending on the climate you live in and that and also the critters out there yeah they, they, they ruin it 
the insects that have come in, you know, the Japanese beetles are. Oh, they're big. everywhere this year. They are. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they ruin gardening. Uh, the rabbits, the chipmunks, the squirrels, the deer, they ruin it. Yeah. But they, if you can just figure out a way to, as I said, start small, start with container gardening. Container gardening is great because you don't have to worry about soil borne diseases. You can um, custom place your pot and you can put it up on a deck so you don't have to worry about any critters getting to it. It's pretty much safe up there. Or you could put it up close to your house where usually the deer aren't usually grazing. And yeah, just... Um, and then slowly add add plants into your garden. If you're not going to have time, if you're not going to be able to yeah, donate time and just have a lot of pleasure just in, in it, if you don't think you're going to have a lot of pleasure in it, because it's a lot of weeding, a lot of weeding in gardening. And is there a secret to that, actually? It's like to just, lay down something? It, it is. That's why you're down on your hands and knees. That's why you're sitting on a chair bending over. It's but the do, weeding that has to be removed. In order yeah. to but do you lay down something, uh, a, a covering? You don't? Uh, mulch. Just some mulch. Just, okay. Just, yeah. Healthy mulch Okay, is, is pretty much all I use. But yeah. And then just slowly start building out your garden, start planning them out. That's um, when I first started, um, when I first moved into my house in 1996, I really wasn't much of a gardener at all. Uh, but my husband said to me, if you do a really good job, landscape in the front, you can do anything you want in the back. And that's how I got my paradise. So, wow. um, but beautiful. I just, I just, I was slowly, and I, I think I, and I, I recently wrote an article on mass planting because it's, it's a very easy way to garden. You don't have to buy a lot of different plants. You can just mass plant with like several plants of the same and just really main and plants that are easy to maintain. And I always tell people, like, if you're going to have somebody landscape your yard and you don't want to do a lot of work, ask for easy to maintain plants. All right. So since we're in Minnesota, like what are a what are like your top three easy plants? I mean, I, I mean, immediately I go hosta or, you know what I mean? Like right. What? Hostas are great. <laughs> they are easy to maintain, um, but everything gets bigger. Everything grows. Um, I like really small evergreens. Those are kind of some of my favorites. I like grasses that don't spread like Carl Forrester grass, which is really good. I think it's a uh, university of Minnesota developed on uh, grass. Um, that one doesn't grow really fast and it just looks fabulous all season long. Um, there's just, and there's also a lot of perennials that, um, you know, I don't want a perennial that I'm going to put in is going to spread. I also don't want to put a perennial in like, um, like some of the irises, they bloom for a week or two and then they're done mm -hmm. or plants like poppies, they bloom for three weeks and then they kind of die back and they look really ugly and they pretty much you have, you have to cut them back or they'll, they'll just brown the rest of the season. So it just, it takes a long time to kind of figure out what those plants are. And I think talking to people, talking to master gardeners, getting master gardeners opinions, doing a lot of online searches will also really help you find out uh, what are those like really, really easy to maintain um, plants. Yeah. And, you know, my listeners are all over the country and, and, in different uh, countries as well. So it's, they really have to just dig in and find out what's going to fit their climate and with their particular environment. Cause they may live in a home that has a lot of trees and it's a lot more shaded, or maybe someone has more sun than others. So you really do have to do the research, but, but to really have the joy in the research, because like you said, it could be a lot of work, but if you're going at it um, with a, a joy filled, like 
I'm going to have a great experience doing this and, and, and I'm just going to have fun instead of it being such a stressor. Um, because gardening is, it helps, it can help you de-stress. Like when I go out to, to maintain my vegetable garden and my flowers, I just feel, I mean, it's just really a great de-stressor and I can go out for 10 or 15 minutes and then come back in and start to work again. And I feel like a new woman. So there's that to it. And so we want to have joy in what we're doing, um, and, and not feel like it's a, a burden, but like you said, take it small and then build upon it. And so you have done that in your garden. And maybe you can send me a, a photo of your garden and I can post it in this video as well if someone's watching and still listening. That'd be awesome. Um, you're actually going to be teaching a class and that's on September 15th. So if you're listening to this prior to September 15th, 2022, Michelle is doing an online Zoom class that you're going to want to check out. It is uh, Get Creative with Cool Weather Containers. And she said that you can actually just email her. I'll put that in the show notes, but it's Michelle at rydellphoto.com. But you'll have the exact spelling in the show notes. So uh, you can contact her there to find out more. And uh, yeah, that sounds fun. Like I want to do that. Definitely. That sounds yeah, super and, cool. And that is sponsored through uh, adult education. Okay. Okay. So no. good. They can find yeah. it in their community. Yes. yes. Or whatever. yes. And I have, um, I will provide um, this sign up through just one um, particular school district that is working with a lot of um, different school districts. Um, right. Yeah. I'm, I'm working with a lot of different school districts, but there are also some districts that, that are working with some um, out of Twin Cities school districts and sponsoring okay. my class. So oh, that's so cool. You know, well, yeah, that's awesome. very nice. I yeah. love it. I love it. And you, and it's uh, not I know free. I just, yeah. not free. Yeah, of course. It's a, it's a school class. district need to uh, school district community education need to. Yeah. Yeah. And you're worth it too. So come on now. <laughs> so, okay. So what would you say to someone that as we're going into the fall, cause you know, I've kind of been in this groove where I just plant in the spring and then I just let it, let it go. And that's kind of my garden all summer. And then winter, I might get some mums, you know, and that's about it. Pretty boring. So what would you say for flower garden? And then maybe we'll tap a little bit into fall vegetable garden if you're if you're willing to tap a little bit into there. But um, flower garden, what would you say some of the best um, uh, choices are here in the in the Midwest, because not just Minnesota, but the Midwest and in cooler climates to rotate out and get prepared and have a fall garden? What would you say? I uh, talk about garden or garden or container garden. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, probably both. <laughs> gardening because I think a lot of us, uh, once fall starts, we're kind of ready to close out the season. Okay, good. I'm and not the only one. Because we've, we've spent so much time maintaining the garden. Yes. And at least for me, I'm uh, when the season's over, I'm pulling out all, I've got bulbs to pull out of the garden. I have annuals to pull out of the garden. It doesn't make any sense to leave them in there because they're not going to come back next year. So there's okay. a lot of work. So um, and wait, let I me put like a pin in that real quick. So with your bulbs and everything, so yes. where are you storing that? How are you doing that? Um, I am storing them in a, a room in my basement that doesn't get any light and okay. I'm storing them in containers that are not very deep. So they're very shallow mm. and uh, a room that is cool as you possibly can get it. Ah, um, that's how I'm storing. Yeah. And when you store them, you, they have to be as dry, dry. as possible, yeah. as dry as possible. So I, I will leave them in my garage sitting in the trays 
And these are just the trays that I get at the garden center, sitting in the trays for a good month, month and a half before I, I move them inside. And then I just pray that they come back next yes. spring. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and do you have a don't pretty- always, Don't always, yes. huh? I, you know, I know the ones that are pretty much guaranteed to come back. So okay. those are the ones I'm going to save. And this is kind of maybe a silly question, Michelle, but what's the longevity of a bulb? Like what's the lifespan of as it blooms and then you bring it back in, you bloom, you know, again, next season, how many seasons? Um, I, it kind of depends on the bulb. Uh, a lot of uh, like the, you buy one bulb. And at the end of the season, it has gotten bigger. It's got babies attached to it. So you can pull those off and then you've got more plants. And so that's baby why bulbs. in the springtime, you got baby bulbs. Yeah. So in the springtime, I'm sharing because I've I've got too many. Mm. So um, I love it when that big mother bulb comes back every year, because then it's just, you know, it's just, it's got, we always have lots of babies and then I can share. And, and if I lose it, it's okay. I still have the babies. So back to uh, gardening in the fall, I know that there are some plants that once we hit temperatures into the forties, they're spent in, in, in my pots and in my garden. So that, for example, colia, sweet potato vine are really common plants that we like to put in our pots in the fall, in the spring and in the fall, they've deceased. So I, I like to keep my, especially if all the other plants in my container garden look great. I'm ready to um, pass that container well into October. I even like to container garden through Halloween if I can. Okay. Minnesota, if I can, I like yeah. to, I like to container garden for about five months. I want to get my money's worth out of the plant. So what I will put in is I'll, I'll go to the nursery and I'll pick up some kale, which is great for healthy eating. And also, yes, I know that you like kale a lot. I'll also pick up some chrysanthemums. There's, there's everything that's in the nurseries that in the, in September and into October um, are great for cold weather, cool weather gardening. I want to say cold weather, but cool weather gardening that can handle temps below freezing. Okay. Um, Pansies, you know, if you can start pansies in the spring if you can get them through the summer, because I really don't like to have a lot of hot humidity, uh, hot weather and humidity. And then, um, then they'll freshen up in the fall. Those are also great for pots too. Um, If I'm kind of on a budget and I um, don't want to invest in plants, but I might find a pumpkin that I could buy. I'll just put a pumpkin in place of the pot. Uh, These are the plant in the pot just to make it, you know, I, I, I want my outside um, pots to look very welcoming because I have a lot, especially in the front of my house, and I want my house to look um, um, very attractive. And then once fall is over, I'm ready to continue gardening for the winter, and that's when I'm buying my spruce tips. And I, um, I have a lot of uh, I'll, I'll cut plants from my garden and put those in my in, in my winter containers. You're definitely a master gardener because most people just think of gardening just in the spring and the summer, you know. Um, So I love that you're always thinking about um, gardening, just like you're always thinking about a photo, right? Like, oh, that'd be a good shot. Or that'd be, I mean, that's that's just your creative brain too. Um, But, you know, I want to help encourage people to to get that download from... um, from God, like our, our divine creativity to let that just flow through and not be so hung up on how perfect it's supposed to look or, or whatever. Right. Cause sometimes I think that can keep us from doing the gardening or, or, you know, doing that, 
that photo shoot or whatever it is. But since we're talking about gardening, you know, to even take a risk and, and a, and a potted um, plant experiment, you know, I, I would say just go for it because nothing is wasted and you're going to learn from, from one um, season to the next. And so, um, yeah, just, just tap into that divine creativity. Um, I wanted to, to go back um, to what we were talking about before about being fit to garden. I know I'm kind of going back and forth, but being fit to garden because you actually, um, you have, um, you had a mentor that um, was a little bit um, more mature in age in her 90s, right? And um, she was a master, master gardener, avid fit gardener. And um, she actually shared a lot about how to be fit in the garden with you as well, right? Yes. Yes. Are you talking about the woman in the article? Yes, I am. Yes. Yes. She was uh, uh, 91 years old and she um, was a lifelong gardener and she was a mother to a friend of mine. And she, um, even though she had um, um, lost her memory, she had Alzheimer's. The one thing that she always remembered how to do was, was to garden. She had to give up cooking and cleaning and reading and doing a lot of things that she loved to do. But gardening was one thing that um, maintained her and kept her going. So um, she has um, since passed away yeah. since I wrote the article, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, and God bless her. She really was an inspiration to me because, um, you know, if any of us uh, lose our memory, um, one thing that maybe we'll still be able to do is our favorite hobby of gardening. Yes. Yeah. Right. And she still was able to find joy even um, when she was going through such a tough time, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a, it's a beautiful story and tough to hear as well, but um, I, I know she meant a lot to you. So I'm sorry that she passed, but I know she was a, a good role model and she helped you see how to garden in a healthier fashion as well. So, you know, you, you did talk about um, warming up and I wanted to be clear on, on ways in which you specifically warm up. And in the article itself, you talk about doing some air squats, which I would call half knee bends with a visibly fit or whatever. Um, you, you talk about doing some, um, like just standing side to side rotations, um, 15 seconds of back shoulder and chest stretches with a rake or rope lifted overhead. Those are great things. I mean, those are great things just to even start your day. Like there's, there's an exercise that, that Todd and I both do, my husband, and um, it's really just to open up the spine and we just put our hands up over our head and just, you know, roll over vertebrae by, by vertebrae until we reach the ground. And we do that about seven or eight times. And by the time we get to, you know, number seven or eight, we're literally putting our hands flat on the, on the floor because you've elongated and you've stretched out the spine and, and then you feel better and ready for your day. So those are the kind of things you're talking about, right? It doesn't have to be something, you know, like you're not going to go and do some big cardio workout. I mean, I guess you could, but we're talking about like simple, simple exactly. steps. As simple yeah. as possible. And I just even like bending over and trying to touch your toes and then just reaching up to the sky and just yeah, just as many as you think that you need until um, you just feel like you can head outside and mobility. And it's called mobility, yes. functional mobility. fitness and mobility. Yeah, that's so good. Well, you have been through it 
and um, and you know from experience. And so thank you for sharing today, and thank you for sharing your love of gardening. Um, uh, you know, I, I think I, what I would like to ask you is maybe if there is um, maybe just one word or phrase or something that kind of sums up the entirety of, of, of who you are and, and your passion? Um, that's really a good question. Um, I could share with you one of my favorite gardening quotes. I love it. Let's do it. This is by Bernard Shaw, I believe. Oh, yeah. George. He says the best place to find God is in a garden. Yeah. You can dig for him there. I love that. No, I absolutely love that. I, yeah, and so true. I mean, I think how many times have I been in my, in my garden full of joy and how many times have I, have I been in my garden just weeping and and duking it out with God about something? And he does. He meets us there. So that's beautiful. Thank you so very much. And uh, those of you listening, um, if you are interested in her Zoom class on Get Creative with Cool Weather Containers, then uh, check out the show notes and I'll have something there for you. And you can also email her directly. So thank you, Michelle. You're a blessing and I appreciate you so much. All right. Well, that was a wonderful interview with uh, my friend Michelle. So thanks for tuning in to Visibly Fit. I hope this blessed you and I hope it encouraged you to get creative, get creative with your, your gardening and to not just think of it as like I do, um, spring and summer gardening. There's, there's fall, there's winter gardening. There's all kinds of ways that you can continue to bring in God's beauty into your, into your, um, your home environment, right? Outdoors and indoors, but also there's, there's fall and winter gardening with, with vegetables. And so there's another whole thing that we'll tap into, and I'll do an episode on that soon as well. But I wanted to tap into the flower part and um, because Michelle knows her stuff. And, and I just want to encourage you to continue to plant beauty around you um, because God does meet us in the garden and he meets us out when we're out walking. He meets us um, where we are, but he shows us his love and his beauty in his creation. And so gardening is one of those things. Um, I was thinking about Isaiah 61, 11, actually. And the quote, uh, the quote, the scripture says, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts and as a garden causes the things sown in it to spring up. So the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. And that, that's just a promise. That's just exciting. And um, I, I love that. And I thought it went really well with today's episode. But yeah, for as the earth brings forth its sprouts, and as a garden causes the things sown into it to spring up, so the Lord God will, will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. That's right. Righteousness and praise. So anyway, um, I hope this blessed you. I hope it encouraged you and um, would love to hear your feedback on maybe some gardening. What, what, what are you, what are you planting this fall? What do you have? What do you plant every year that just brings you joy? We'd love to hear about that. Comment on our YouTube channel uh, episode here or comment in uh, social media, but bless you. And I appreciate you tuning into visibly fit. We will catch you next time. Same time, same place. Well, whatever time that is you listen, but <laughs> same place. And, um, until then God bless and, uh, remain visibly fit in mind, body, and spirit. Take care.
Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.